Come on, somebody say, here we go, Steelers. Come on, somebody. Whoa, how's it going? Oh, my goodness. Wow. You know, I was praying, uh, uh, as we knew I was supposed to be here today. I saw a Chiefs tomahawk chop somewhere up the center aisle. Uh, but uh, as we were praying and uh, getting ready for today and, and so excited for all the Lord had for us today, I started praying, God, just don't let that be the 1 o'clock game. God, i got to preach at 9 and 11 and then get, kind of get my Pentecostal power nap in and then be ready for the 5 o'clock service. Come on, how many get that Pentecostal power nap on Sunday afternoons? You know, you get under the mighty comforter and bedside assembly and just kind of lay before the Lord there a little bit, you know. And I pray, God, just don't let that happen. And, uh, you know, last week they, they win and they, they get the 1 o'clock game against the Chiefs in Kansas City. I'm like, Lord, come on. Come on, God. you got to do just one favor, God. Do me so, just this one thing. I serve a faithful God, amen? He sent an ice storm on the, in that land of iniquity, and, uh, and so I'm excited about that. They moved the game to 8 o'clock. I, I, am, I am ready to go. Come on, somebody. So, Man, if you have your Bibles, please open up to the book of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, so excited for the word the Lord has for us here today. I believe God is going to confirm his word uh, with signs and wonders today. I'm excited for what the Lord has for us over these next few moments. Um, if I haven't got to meet you before, uh, my name's Tim. Uh, my wife, Katie, and, and my daughter, Emily, here. And then we have our other kids are down in the children's ministry right now. Uh, Josiah Hudson and Ariana. I actually think about their names. Isn't that funny? Uh, but uh, uh, they're all down there uh, getting uh, uh, you know, plugged in, and Pastor Jason, of course, is, is obviously not here today. He's out in Harrisburg celebrating uh, with their mom and dad and uh, just having a good time out there. So uh, I, if I haven't got to meet you yet, my wife and I, we've made this our home church over the last year or so, and uh, just been a, a wonderful blessing for us to be able to walk in the doors uh, as we travel full-time as evangelists and go around to different places and countries and states and different things like that. Uh, you have no idea how refreshing it is to walk into a place and feel like we're home. And that's what we have here. And uh, uh, we are blessed. How many of you realize we are blessed with the friends and family we have here at Faith Assembly of God? I mean, it's just so fun. So if, uh, if I have to ask you your name six or ten or maybe 13 times, uh, I apologize for that. I think that's why the Lord has me travel for a living because I can't remember people's names. So uh, I really have a hard time with that. So uh, just forgive me on that. Uh, but uh, as, as we get together and get to know each other further along, I think God has some amazing things in store for us. Amen. So hopefully you found uh, Luke chapter 5 this morning. Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 17. This is, of course, the, the, uh, uh, the account of, of the four men carrying a paralytic and tearing the roof off and, and sending a man down in front of Jesus, and Jesus heals him there. Uh, if you found Luke chapter 5, would you stand this morning for the reading of God's word? Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 17 today. Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 17, reading from the New International Version. It goes something like this. This is what the word of the Lord says. On a beautiful, beautiful spring morning in Uniontown. Isn't it gorgeous outside today? Isn't it better than, what, what was it last week? Like 8 degrees, the wind chill was like negative stupid or something, you know, something crazy like that. Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 17. Luke cha- Nate, can you edit that out? I always tell my kids stupid's a bad word. You edit that out for later. Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 17. It goes something like this. One day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him to the house and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof 
and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Wow. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. In verse 26, everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. I believe that when we leave this place, we're going to be looking at each other on the way out to the parking lot and say, we have seen remarkable things today. Come on, let's pray. Father, one more time, would you release the power of your written word into our lives? In the mighty name of your son, Jesus, Lord, may fear be driven out of this place by your perfect love. Lord, may uh, an overwhelming sense of calmness and security overwhelm our souls. May that blessed assurance that Jesus is is mine. Overtake me right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for a fresh revelation of who you are in this room today. And because of that word and the, 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 the realization of who you are, God, I pray your glory, your character would be made manifest in this place today. God, we trust you. We surrender to you. We ask you to have your way. In Jesus' name, God, touch Ben Roethlisberger. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Oh, come on. So look, uh, here we are today, you know, and I, I mentioned uh, we're not uh, front, we don't live in Uniontown or Fayette County, we live in a little tiny town over in Mount Morris, Pennsylvania, and uh, uh, love that little place over there just north of Morgantown and the PA side, and, and uh, I'm a country kid, you know, I, I'm well aware of, uh, you know, who we are and, and all that stuff, and I, you know, how many of Green County and Fayette County are pretty much the same thing. We're just on different sides of the river. We all get that, right? I mean, that's basically, we're the same place. And so here we are today looking at the word of the Lord and so excited for, the, for this uh, uh, sermon series that we're in, Radiate, talking about going out and, and getting ready for, for what the Lord is going to do for us. We believe that God is going to send us out and do things this year that we have never seen or believed or would even imagine what God could do. You know, that we serve that kind of God that he can do exceedingly and abundantly, far more than what we could ever ask, imagine, or think. And we believe that is this year. We believe we are living in the season of the favor of the Lord. How many believe that uh, for, for our community this year? So as we do that, we know we've been talking about radiate and talking about going out and what's the difference and how that all looks about going out. And as I was preparing for this message, and the Lord immediately drew me over into Israel and into the Middle East there in that wonderful area where the beautiful Sea of Galilee sits there in the northern part of Israel. A gorgeous, gorgeous area. The Sea of Galilee is flush and vegetation's everywhere. There's animals and all kinds of gorgeous. And the scenery is amazing. If you've ever seen pictures or been to that area, you know it is astounding. It's like an oasis in the middle of the desert. Uh, and you can go just 60 some, uh, 60 some miles further south is a place called the Dead Sea where there is desolation. Uh, you know, there are pillars of salt, the whole nine yards. The, the chemicals that, that brew out of that place uh, kill everything in the area. There is no vegetation. It's just rocks and salt and minerals and nothingness. Uh, you know, what is the major difference? I mean, it's 60 miles or so. Just separate the sea 
Sea of Galilee and, and, and separate the, uh, the, the, the Dead Sea. I, I think when we begin to understand and look at that a little bit, the Sea of Galilee, this gorgeous area, has all these tributaries that flow into it, but also has a rivers that flow out of it, mainly the Jordan River that flows out of the southern part of the Sea of Galilee and, and goes all the way down about 60 miles and actually goes into the Dead Sea. Uh, there's so many, the Sea of Galilee is gorgeous, has inlets and outlets. The difference is the Dead Sea has several inlets, has, has the major uh, intake of the Jordan River, and then all the tributaries actually flow into the Dead Sea. And there is not one outlet flowing out of the Dead Sea. That's actually what makes it the Dead Sea, because all the minerals go in, all the water goes in, all the waste and everything flows in, but nothing flows out. Folks, that's oftentimes what we uh, uh, become as Christians. We, can, we come to churches, we, and maybe even some of you are in that place. You feel like maybe you were dead. And you feel like nothing is happening in and around your spiritual life. Maybe you've even tried different churches or different groups. You watch different preachers, or you try and do different things. And everything, you, every, we are intake everything. But the difference is, is that we need to have an outlet. We need to let the glory of God not just come into us, but also radiate out of us. We cannot sit still any longer longer we do not have the luxury of time our friends our family members our co-workers our loved ones they are dying and quickly going on their way towards hell we no longer have the luxury of sitting back and just kind of becoming obese christians and just intake 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 and nothing going out how many of you know if all you do is ever sit and eat you're going to become come on how many have broken your new year's resolutions already come on somebody you know you're expanding the kingdom listen I want you to get this deep inside of your soul today. We need to be willing to go out. We need to be a, a willing to do whatever it takes to give and go and do things that maybe we've never done before. To, to have that, that spontaneity, to, have that, that, to be willing to jump out and do things. We believe this year, I know Pastor Jason's just briefly shared here and there, we believe we're going to be starting a new campus this year. Uh, we believe God's going to push us and give us ground to present the gospel that we've never been able to get to and be into before. I believe for more divine faith, in the high schools and the junior highs this year, Pastor Kyle. I, I, I believe that we're going to get into colleges and, and universities and the areas around. I believe that your workplace is going to be your harvest field in 2017. Come on, somebody. I believe this is the year that we begin to give and, and surrender and, and give God more than what we've ever done before. I believe the glory of God is going to radiate and be brighter than what it's ever been before in Fayette County. Come on, somebody. Are you with me today? How does all that happen? Of course, I, I mentioned, you know, we're, we're from, uh, I'm from Greene County, and, and you maybe, maybe you don't get all this, but, you know, this, there's this thing called spontaneous combustion, you know? Spontaneous combustion, where, you know, basically the internal temperature of the subject goes past the ignition point. You know, it, the, it gets so hot inside, it just kind of goes, but how many, how many, how many of you have ever gotten so hot on the inside, you just went, Come on, how many of your kids made you hot enough on the inside? It just happens, you know? Come on, how many? It just happens sometimes. You know, in different things, in different sports, in different, in different areas. I know, you know, as, as I've coached my daughter along in different sports, in different areas, I've done different things. Don, don't be so say anything right now. Uh, you know, uh, there, just sometimes you just, poof, you know, that, that ref made a bad call, poof, you know? things just happen. That, that, that co-worker said something about you and, and was manipulating behind you and then all of a sudden your boss confronts you about it and, but you know who the one started it. You, Come on. Sometimes it's just that internal it just happens. 
Just, it just, you get past the ignition point, all of a sudden you just bubble over. Listen, as much as we get to that point, I believe the giftings, the words, the things, the talents, the abilities, the dreams that God placed in you long ago are going to be fanned into flame, and we are no longer going to be able to contain them. What the Lord is doing inside the four walls of this church will no longer be able to be contained. We are going to blow the roof off, and the glory of God is going to be revealed. People are going to be pulling their cars over on Morgantown Road and running in here as fast as they can because the glory of God is going to radiate out of our lives everywhere we go the gospel is going to prevail. That's what that spontaneous combustion, again, uh, you know, I know sometimes maybe we don't get that. You know, we don't understand how something can just kind of be sitting still, then all of a sudden, you know, we just don't always get that. And I know for, for me, you know, as a working and growing up, a working around, in and around a farm, uh, a, a, friend, a family uh, farm that had a bunch of sheep. Sheep are some of the dumbest animals you'd ever been around in your life. They really are. And uh, I worked around, working around those sheep, and we'd be cutting hay and doing different things. Come on, how many ever threw hay when you were a little kid? You know, they didn't have the round balers. You had to throw those square bales up on top of the truck. Come on, somebody. That is of the devil. And in the name, I just, I know it is. But, you know, if you were to get all that hay, and sometimes that hay, when it first gets cut, or if you do it wrong, if, if there's a little bit of moisture, uh, if it's just wrong, you begin to stack that hay up, and that hay sits long enough. Come on, every, I can see, look, at you're already facing, you're, some of you already know what happened. When that hay sits still long enough, and that heat that was inside that hay is there, and that moisture is inside of it, all of a sudden, it, it just begins to go, and all of a sudden, that hay just, just bursts into flames. People that have never seen it before, they don't understand that. But because the heat, the internal temperature reaches and goes past the ignition point of that hay, that hay just, it just happens. I believe today you are going to receive a fresh revelation of who Jesus is in your heart today. I believe you're going to get to know God in a way you've never known him before. And it's just going to all of a sudden, your body, your spirit, you're not going to be able to contain it anymore. I believe we're all just going to, it's just going to happen today. There just comes a point in time in our lives when things, we, 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 how many are sick and tired of being sick and tired? You've had enough of dealing with the things of this world. You've had enough of the outside circumstances determining your thoughts and your inward abilities and what you're doing and, and all that's happening in and around your life. It's high time what's inside of us changes the outside of us. It's high time that we just, and we go from the inside out and what is inside of us changes the outside circumstances. Are you with me today? It's this thing, spontaneous combustion. But here's the deal, folks. Spontaneity isn't doing anything at any time. Spontaneity isn't just going, yeah, whatever. You know, we're, we're led by the Spirit. We don't have to prepare. We don't have to do this. Woo! You know, just go wherever and just do whatever. Listen, spontaneity isn't doing anything at any time. It's doing the right thing at the right time. Yes, it's definitely being sensitive enough to hear the voice of the Lord. And I believe every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth hears the voice of God. The question is whether or not we have enough guts to do what he asks us to do. We all hear God's voice. Whether we want to admit it or not, God speaks to us. He asks us to do things. He, I mean, why else would you be here today? We all have heard God's voice. The question is whether or not we have enough guts to do it. Does the fire that's inside of you burn so deeply that you can't help but... That's the question I got. That's what I want to look at today. Let's, let's look at this passage of Scripture just a little bit more. One day, as Jesus was teaching in verse 17, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. 
some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Listen. If we are determined, if we have decided that we are willing to do whatever it takes, we're willing to go wherever it goes, listen to me, we need to be determined to reach our destination. What God has spoken to you, what the, what, what the word of the Lord has said to you deep inside of your soul, we need to be, long before the problems ever exist, we need to be willing to be focused on the answer. We have to stop uh, allowing the outside circumstances to dictate who we are. And a lot of times, uh, we refuse to reach that destination because of either past gain or past pain. Uh, maybe things that have happened in our past, uh, things that may be a success that we've had. Uh, maybe God has blessed us in the past or done things for us in the past. And we assume that's the way it's always going to be, like God is going to work the exact same every day of our life. How many would admit today that you can read the Word of God? Uh, you can, I know for myself, I've read this thing cover to cover several times. You know, I've paid thousands of dollars in, in Bible college and different things like that in my life to, to learn what I could learn about God. But how many you know you can read a scripture a hundred times, but on that hundred and first time, you see something that you never saw before? So you just agreed with me that God is bigger than what we can fit in between these two ear holes. He can do more than what we think. He's bigger than what we assume can happen. And the way he worked in the past may not be the way that he wants to work today. That we need to be willing to let go of the past, whether it was from gain or whether it was from pain. Maybe it's from a circumstance, something somebody said to you, something somebody did to you. Uh, Let's be honest, sometimes I've been to some churches, people refuse to come and be prayed for at an altar because they don't want the people to come and pray for them that are the ones that hurt them. Uh Uh-oh. People have said something about you, they've talked about whatever, uh, you know, can you believe he wore black and gold socks to church? You know, can you believe, uh, you know, the people, there's, there's different people. I know there's nobody like that in Uniontown. <laughs> Don't be looking around and pointing at anybody right now. Don't allow other people to keep you from what God has for you. Be determined to reach your destination. It's much like even what the three Hebrew children went through in the Old Testament where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were before King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar told them they needed to kneel down and worship the gods and worship him. When the music played, they were to worship him. And the three Hebrew children looked at him and said, Oh, King, we will worship God and worship him alone. And even if he doesn't save us, we are going to worship him and give him the glory and honor because he is the only way. He is the only God even if he doesn't save us. Folks, we need to have that determination deep inside of us. We need to be determined, regardless of outside circumstances, whether it was good or whether it was bad, whether it's people or whether it's pressure or whatever it might be. Listen to me. We need to be determined in our hearts today. We are going to reach and we are going to push forward into the calling God has for us heavenward. I refuse to allow the darkness of my past to outweigh the brightness of my future anymore. I'm pushing forward. I'm reaching into what God has for us. Let's be determined. And it may not be the way it's always worked before. I mean, think about this. Think about how creative these four guys had to be. They come carrying this paralytic. Uh, they knew this man needed a touch from Jesus. They, had knew, they knew Jesus could do this. They knew Jesus was the healer. Uh, they knew Jesus could take care of him. And they come carrying him in on his little mat. And when they get to the house, they couldn't even get in. They couldn't get in. The house was packed. It was full. Folks, let me tell you something. Just because you can't go through the door doesn't mean you can't go through the roof. 
You may not be able to get in the way you used to go. You may not be able to reach, the, you may not be able to go and, and give and do the things you used to be able to do. But listen to me, God makes a way where there seems to be no way. It's time to look over to the side and see that there is a staircase. That to understand that God made a way. Yeah, listen to me, that staircase wasn't even created for people to go up and hang out on the roof. The staircase was created so the roof could be made. In, in, in these times, in the particular way the houses were built, you know, a lot of times maybe they were built into the hillside or they were four walls that stood on their own. And at the top of those walls, they would take uh, timbers and lay them across and, and then take thatch and take the, uh, the different leaves and make thatch and lay over the timbers. And then begin to take tiles from the bottom and lay these tiles up and stack them all the way to the top. And then take mud or clay or whatever they could get around their lives or in their houses and pack in the holes and things to make it a, a watertight roof so they wouldn't get rained on. And that's, they, they did all this by walking up this staircase and, and putting those timber down, putting the thatch down, uh, putting the tiles down, and then putting the mud or the clay in and around the holes. You, and you say, well, what are you getting out here tonight, Tim? I'm telling you this. We need to be creative and willing to do, uh, do whatever it takes. How many are willing to do whatever it takes to get your friends and your family members to Jesus? And it may not be the way it's always been. What I'm saying is they may not come to church. They may, not willing, may, they may not be willing to come and sit in these pews and have some slick-haired, shiny-shoot evangelist with black and gold socks spit and scream over the top of them. You understand what I'm saying? They may not be willing to do that, but you know what? They're going to be willing to have a cup of coffee with you. They're, they're, they're going to be willing to sit down and, and, eat, a, and eat some uh, chips and, and pierogies when the Steelers whoop on the Chiefs tonight. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they, my brother, he's not, there's nothing in him at all about that. Uh, listen to me today. I want you to understand, we need to be willing to do whatever it takes. Don't get tripped up. Uh, don't get tripped up just because uh, the religious people are packing the house. If you were to read uh, Luke, or, 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 and particularly the book of Mark in ch- uh, chapter 2, where it covers the same account, it, they say that Pharisees and teachers of the law packed the house. That's why they couldn't get the paralytic in. Because all these uh, deeply religious people were packing the house. Folks, there's two types of people. Those that take up space and those that bring others to fill the space. I love you. (laughs) I love you. But if all we ever do is come to church and we think we know this thing, you know, you know why the Pharisees came there? You can read it, and later on it even gets into it. Jesus knew in their hearts they were trying to trip him up. You know, there's some people, the only reason they come to church is to make sure the preacher behaves himself. You're back there taking notes. Can't wait to tell Pastor Jason about this, you know. We have to, I'm going to call him about this. I'm going to call him about, I'm going to have to talk to a board member. I'm going to have to talk to somebody. We gotta, somebody's got to know about this. This needs to be fixed. Hear me today. <laughs> you know that's funny. Come on, somebody. <laughs> have a little levity in the house here for a moment. Listen, we either taking up space or we're bringing people in to, to fill it. I want to be one, somebody that's carrying people in on a mat. I don't want to be in the way of people coming to Jesus. I want to be the reason they come to Jesus. I, I, want, to, I want to be the way they get there. I don't want to be in the way. I want to be the way. Come on, somebody. I, I want to be the one that carries them in. I don't want to be the one that, that because of me they had to go and do something more difficult. But you know what the amazing thing about it is? It, it, was, the, it was the people carrying Jesus in or carrying this man in that was closer to the Lord than, than, than the ones that were sitting right beside him. 
Just because we come to church, it doesn't make us a follower of Jesus Christ. Do you hear me? I know it's the old evangelist cliche. Just because you stand in a garage doesn't make you a car. And, and, and listen to me today. We need to make sure we are following and giving the Lord everything we possibly can and be willing to do whatever it takes, determined to reach our destination, be willing to take a risk. We've got to be willing to get our hands dirty. These guys had to dig through that roof. Think about it. These guys had to dig through a roof. I mean, are you following me for a moment? Think about this. What would you do right now if all of a sudden the, 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 the plaster or whatever, the, the drywall, things begin to crackle and fall and come down over top of you right now? And all of a sudden, there's these four Jews that look down in and go, hey, and then, and then they shove some paralytic down in front of you. I mean, sometimes we read these stories and just kind of like, yeah, whatever. This actually happened. Are you following me today? This actually happened. I want you to get this into your heart. Think about this. This was a risk. When was the last time you took the roof off to get to, to, get to Jesus? But think about this. And I know in my little town again, uh, you know, I, I, uh, we're part. I, I'm the ambulance commander. You know, I'm, I, I'm in the a volunteer EMS service, work with the fire department, all that kind of different stuff. And we, we train, you know, to rescue people out of the water and bringing them out of fire, or, you know, houses or out of cars and different things like this. But I got news for you. We have never trained to go up on a roof and dig it out when there's a room full of people underneath of it and lower the dude in. Never, had, never trained for that before. Think about the risk they were taking. I doubt that they went and bought chains at Lowe's and lowered the guy down. You understand what I'm saying? There was no Home Depot. You know? I looked at, the, I, I checked it out. I checked, the, I, I checked their site. Home Depot does not have a site in Capernaum. I looked it up. They, they, they couldn't go and buy ropes, they but they lowered this man down on a rope. I mean, think about this. Think about this now. Have you thought about this? What if they dropped him? You know what I'm saying? What, what if you drop the guy? Here's the deal. Be willing to take a risk with Jesus, because if you happen to drop him in front of Jesus, at least you dropped him in front of Jesus. You following what I'm saying? Be willing to take a risk with Jesus. Be deter- regardless of what you think the outcome might be. Be willing to take a risk. Because guess what? If you get it wrong, if you weren't supposed to do it, and you end up dropping the guy, I got news to you. My Lord is big enough to fix the mess. Do you understand? Be willing to do whatever he asks you to do. The quicker you do what he tells you to do, the more he'll continue to tell you. Stop trying to reason it out and give him all the reasons why it won't work and try and add all these different steps and safety measures into it. Listen to me. When God says go, say yes. Here I am. Send me. I'm going. I'm willing to go right now. God might be asking you to get involved with the youth. He might be asking you to get involved in children's ministry. He might be asking you to, uh, to, 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 to get involved in all different kinds of ways and circumstances. Listen to me. Just say yes. Just say go. Because if you happen to be wrong, God is big enough to fix it. Be determined to reach the destination. Let's continue in this now. In verse, in verse 20, when Jesus saw the faith of these four guys, when he saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow, or where I live, fella, you could have laughed at that, who is this fella who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Not only do we need to be determined to reach the destination, but listen to me, we need to receive the revelation of who Jesus is. We need to receive the revelation. See, these four guys brought this paralytic to the Lord because they knew he needed a touch from God. But God can see way past temporary circumstances and pain and see to the root of the problem. Jesus knew this man needed forgiveness. 
See, because I want you to understand this. Even, even in Orthodox uh, Judaism, uh, they believed that the Messiah could not forgive sins. They believed that, that the Messiah could not forgive sins, that the Messiah was just someone that was a representative of God that was going to lead them into freedom, much like the way Moses led the Israelites out of captivity, out of bondage from Egypt and, and across the Red Sea and all that. Moses was not God, but he was a representative of God. And so that's what they believed the Messiah to be, just a representative of God, not God himself, but a representative of God. And they believed that only God himself could forgive sins. So if anyone walked up to you and said your sins were forgiven it was blasphemy which was punishable by death they would stone you and so these pharisees all of a sudden they go oh we got him now we got him now and jesus did all of this to reveal to them not only it would not only can you receive healing in jesus he's your healer you hear me if you want healing go to the healer if you want peace go to the peace speaker if you want deliverance, go to the deliverer. Do you understand what I'm telling you today? So many times we want, we want the manifestation, but Jesus says, first, I need to reveal it to you. I need to give you the revelation, the knowledge. Pastor Jason talked about this a few weeks ago in the New Year, New You message on January 1st, where he said the Lord had spoken to him that 2017 was going to be a year of revelation and manifestation. Now, those are two churchy words, right? That's Christianese. If you're new to church, you're thinking, what in the world is that? Revelation is simply knowledge. It's, 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 it's the realization. It's becoming the understanding. It's, it's, it's knowing who Jesus is. And manifestation is the application of that knowledge. But not only is he the one that can forgive sins, but he's the one that forgives sins. Not only, listen, not only will he be your supply, he's your debt canceller. Not only is he your healing, he is your healer. Are you with me today? That's the kind of God we serve, that he wants to reveal to himself to you, that he loves you and he cares for you, because here's the deal. It's out of the goodness, out of the character, out of the person of who Jesus is, out of his great love. This is why he demonstrated his love towards us. While we were still sinners, he died for us to reveal himself to us, that he is the one that left heaven and came to this earth and is the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. He is God. He is the Son of God. He is walking among us even right now. That's the kind of God we serve tonight. He is a present God. He's here right now. I don't know if you realize that or not, but it's not determined by whether or not we realize it. It's determined that He is just simply God. He is. He is that He is that He is that He is. I know that I know that I know that I know. That's receiving the, the revelation. That's getting into the point of understanding. And when Jesus told the paralytic his sins were forgiven, it was letting, listen to me, it was letting, it was letting these Pharisees know that he wasn't just somebody that could perform magic tricks and heal people. You following me? He is the one that has come to save the world. Not only, not only is he our salvation, he is our savior. Do you hear that today? Because so many times we, we want to come and go all straight to the manifestation. Jesus says, no, I want you to get to know me. Because when you know him, you got everything you need. In his presence, in his manifest presence, that's who he is. It's getting to know who he is. Come on, let, let's continue in this story just a little bit further. In verse 22, Jesus knew that they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up? 
and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Listen, this healing verified the claim that Jesus had the ability, had the authority to grant forgiveness of sins. It verified the fact that Jesus is the healer, that Jesus is the one who can forgive us of our sins, that he is God. Hear me today. Once we are determined to reach our destination and we receive the, the, the revelation of who Jesus is, that's when we can understand and begin to marvel at the wonderful manifestation of what God does for us. When we realize that it's not about what we do, but it's about who we are, all of a sudden the circumstances around us can no longer shake us off the fact that we are his and he is ours. You are a son and a daughter of God. You are an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ, and nothing will ever be able to separate you from the love of God that he pours out in your life. When you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, come on somebody, and you believe in your heart that he is God, at that very moment, the old is gone and the new has come. You are a brand new creature in Jesus name and here's the wonderful thing about it folks when he looked at his disciples after he had died on the cross and rose from the grave and was with them for several days just before he ascended into heaven he told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for they would be clothed with power from on high and they would receive power to be witnesses to be witnesses not to do witnessing but to be witnesses it's who you are Notice whenever Jesus, when he healed the man, or even when you you read all throughout Scripture, when the disciples, uh, when the Lord used them to heal people, you know what they would tell people? Be healed. Why? Because it's who you are. It's who you are in Christ. We cannot any longer allow the, the temporary outside circumstances of this world to dictate who we are. And we do this all the time in church world. Uh, we have cancer. Oh, so we're, we're, we're the cancer patient. We're the diabetic. We're the divorced one. We're, we're the addict. We allow the things of this world to determine who we are. Listen to me. I got news for you. The things of this world do not tell you who you are. When you have confessed with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believed in your heart that he is God, that old is gone and the new has come, you are his. The things of this world cannot rip you from the fact that you are a son and a daughter of Jesus Christ. You are part of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's time for us to straighten our crowns. Let's allow the Lord to speak to us today, that revelation of who he is in us, because that means who we are in him. That's when the manifestation is made real. If the worship team would come, look at this now. As sure as the actual healing followed Jesus' statement, get up, so actual forgiveness resulted from when he said your sins are forgiven. The presence of the Lord's power to heal meant that he was God himself, that God was there. Folks, I want you to understand this today. He is your healer, and he is your healing. He is your deliverer, and he is your deliverance. 
He is, he is your savior and he is your salvation. He is your sanctifier and he is your sanctification. He is your debt canceler and he is your all-sufficient supply. He is your peace speaker and he is your peace. He is your love and he is the lover of your life. He, you are not far and distant, neither is he. He sticks closer than a brother. He will walk with you every step of the way and even call you his friend. He is walking with you right here today. And when we are in the presence of God himself, when the king is among us, just that song that we sang, that his glory is here, the character and the nature of Jesus, that's where you can find the manifestation of who God is, is when you know who God is. And if we would just recognize that today, in that small moment, in that moment in our lives, and say, God, we receive today, you are my supply. You're everything I need. You know, it reminds me something that happened last week when we were, we were uh, preaching in a church in Ohio for a few days. And one of the nights that we'd gathered everybody together and we were praying. And, and uh, you know, they were all kind of there, whatever. And I'm standing there praying, kind of asking God for direction, exactly what was going to happen and everything. Meanwhile, God's doing his own thing. So I got my eyes closed. I'm kind of giving one of these things because, you know, that makes you look spiritual. And as I'm doing that, all of a sudden, I feel something hit my feet, right? Like, I, I, I was a little concerned that maybe somebody tore the roof off, you know? I wasn't sure what was happening at that moment. I'm not used to having stuff hit my feet. You know, I looked down, and it was a can of snuff. Oh, man, I dropped my can of snuff. No. <laughs> you cannot tell Pastor Jason. You need to edit that out for sure. Never be back. <laughs> well, there was a guy who was standing right in the front row, just one of the good old boys, you know raised on a farm and all that and it was just part of his who he was he had done that most of his life his dad did it he did it he just in fact he was standing there with in his mouth and uh he throws that thing down and I of course I want to know what I'm not used to having people do that you know and so I kind of asked him what's going on he said you know I've had this chronic back pain for years for years I've had this pain from the working and doing the things that I do in between my shoulders is constant. I've had pain for years. And I've been to doctors, chiropractors, taken medicine, done all kinds of and nothing has been able to take this away. And as we were there, God told me to throw that thing down. And if I were to throw that thing down, God would heal me. He said when that, when that can of snuff hit the floor, instantly, pain that had been there for years, gone just like that now listen I, I, I don't want to be I'm not a clothesline I'm not you know I'm not standing up against tobacco companies today or anything like that you may have never heard a preacher tell you this before but a can of stuff is not going to keep you from heaven a cigarette is not going to keep none of that's going to keep you from what keeps you from heaven is putting that in front of God you understand it's making that the Lord of your life that you have to sit in church with that in your mouth you understand that that's a problem that's a problem. And Hebrews says to throw away all the weight and the sin that so easily entangles us. 
and let us fix our eyes on Jesus that he becomes the author and perfecter, the beginning and end of all we are and all we have, that we no longer have to rely on temporary circumstances or or fulfill temporary desires or or needs or gratify ourselves, that we can throw everything at the feet of Jesus. And when we do that, all the temporary things of this world are handled by the eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. It was even just uh, uh, a couple years ago, I was preaching a a crusade in Nicaragua. I love going there. I think I'll be going back in May. And uh, I was preaching at this church, getting ready to give the altar call. And I just, God really spoke to me. Uh, you know, when I say God spoke to me, how many know sometimes that can sound kind of like, mm, like I'm going to grab it, you know, uh, levitate off the ground or something. But, you know, it's just that you get that moment. You just know God's kind of telling you something, right? And I just, I couldn't get out of my mind. There was somebody there that had something in their stomach that if they would come and surrender to the Lord, God was going to take care of it. So I just kind of said that just like I just told you gave the call for salvation. Several people came down to get saved that night. It was a a wonderful harvest of souls. This is so wonderful. This one, uh, particularly this one young man in his younger, in his uh, 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 low 20s came forward and gave his heart to the Lord. And uh, it was, that church was packed out. I mean, packed out. They actually had people uh, sitting. They had to open up all the side doors and everything because they couldn't fit everybody inside the church. And so once we prayed the prayer of salvation with them, they kind of took them off outside uh, uh, into the sidewalk to kind of get to know them and see if there was anything they could practically do for them. And as that young man walked outside, he wa- and when he stepped outside of that church, after he had given his life to Jesus, all of a sudden, he began to cough. <coughs> I mean, it was the grossest, most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. This massive tumor falls out of his mouth, smacks the sidewalk, and we're all like, oh, Lord, you know, come to find out. He had had an inoperable tumor inside of his inside of his abdomen that the doctors said were attached to too many things that they in, in their primitive medicine they would not be able to go in and cut it that he would just have to deal with it and whenever it took his life it was going to take his life. How many of you know when the world pronounces death? I know a savior that pronounces life. And when he gave his life to the Lord, that thing fell out. That that sounds strange and freaky to you, but listen to me. What are the things of this world that's trying to rob you of life? What are the things that, that we, we have allowed the world to tell us and instead of listening to the report of the Lord, we've, relis- we've listened to the report of every doctor, of every lawyer. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but listen to me. Sooner or later, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe in the report of life of Jesus Christ? Or are you going to believe in the report of death of this world? I serve a God who is more than able to meet my each and every need. And at just that moment, when we think the whole world is against us, honey, who gives a rip? Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the whole world. I am more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. That's a fresh revelation of who Jesus is in our life. Say, what does this have to do with going out? Because when stuff like that starts happening, it can't be about us because we couldn't have done it. I can't heal you, but I know somebody that can. These four guys that carried the paralytic in, they could do nothing for for this guy except getting to Jesus. You following me now? Let's allow what is inside of us burn so brightly, burn so intensely that we can't help ourselves but just let it loose. 
It's time for us to stop holding back and let God do whatever he wants to do. Let's take a risk for the Lord. Let's step out and do things that we've never done before. Let's be who God has called us to be. Because I can tell you this, he hasn't called us to sit back and watch our friends and our family members die and go to hell while we're sitting in a comfortable chair this morning. Come on, somebody. He has called us to be the light of the world. The local church is the hope of Jesus Christ made manifest in this world. Let's get out of our chairs and pick up some mats with people on them and carry them to Jesus every chance we get. Come on, are you with me today?